Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo! We're going to have a fun Jerry Ratcliffe show here today. I'm Chris Graham, joined by Jerry Ratcliffe, the Hall of Famer. And, you know, it's it's in some ways a slow news week, uh, at least from the talent acquisition standpoint. We've had a lot of shows lately talking about both football recruiting in the transfer portal, basketball recruiting transfer portal. This week, not as much of that news. There is some recruiting news we'll hit a little later on. Uh, but we're going to talk about the ACC spring meetings here at the start. And, Jerry, there were... There were some rumblings. There were some headlines coming out. Uh, a lot of, from what we understand on Monday, uh, there were some 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 barbs flying back and forth in the room there. Uh, so, uh, well, you know, where do you want to start with the spring meetings and uh, and and kind of things playing out the way they did? Well, I, I guess uh, I guess Chris, it all started back with the Florida State AD uh, more than a month ago, right? Um, talking about how that they were exploring jumping to another conference and how they need more money to compete on a national scale and return their football program back to where it once was under Bobby Bowden. Although I don't, I don't know that that will ever happen again because there was only one Bobby Bowden. Uh, But you know, that's, that's where it started. And apparently uh, there was a lot more under the surface than anyone realized and uh, a couple of national writers came out this week and right before the meetings and revealed the magnificent seven uh, of which Virginia is one uh, looking to talk to other conferences, SEC, big 10. I, I don't know if they talked to anybody else or not, but uh, about you know, the possibilities, and we still don't know how much, how far that went. Uh, the ADs, for the most part, have kept a pretty tight lip. They've revealed a little bit of stuff, but at, coming out of the meetings, they seem to be on a united front and uh, want to move the ACC forward. Uh, now, who knows how much they're not telling us and how much that they're going to continue to explore other options in the future but uh, for now anyway it looks like that the grant of rights contract is pretty ironclad which we thought going in maybe they've found uh, a loophole that no one's aware of but if if they have they're not talking about it and uh, it, it sounds like to me that the main thing that came out of there Chris is that they're going to try to find a way to give the uh to end the um equal distribution of 
of funds, uh, which the ACC, which really grew the ACC and made it as strong as it was for so long. Uh, I guess Gene Corrigan was the one that came up with that many years ago. And um, that's that's not going to work anymore. And uh, apparently some of the schools want a bigger piece of the pie and other schools that don't produce as much revenue in the college football world or in NCAA basketball tournament are probably going to have to find a way to tighten up their budgets a little bit. Yeah, let's on the official level. Yes, that's where things are. The um, the ADs and Commissioner Jim Phillips uh, uh, left the meetings on Wednesday with um, sort of a unified kumbaya approach. Uh, you know, we're all on the same team. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, the there's talk about the revenue distribution uh, model being changed, but the only thing that I think that I, I that I saw that really came out of it concrete was an agreement, at least. To move forward with if, if, a, if a school or schools make the, the college football playoff, um, they'll get a bigger piece of that pie with with an agreement to look down the road at maybe also dividing up then the TV money, the, the ESPN broadcast deal money, uh, figuring out a way to, to divide that up differently too. Florida State, Mike Alford, the AD there, has outsized expectations of, of what his uh, uh, school's uh, athletic profile is. He said that the if Florida State is – 7% of the league and 15% of the name value of the ACC. And when you look at the TV ratings just for football the last few years, uh, Clemson is, uh, I mean, not just because they're in the playoff every year, but Clemson games have outdrawn significantly the Florida State games over the last few years. So um, you wouldn't be surprised by that because Florida State's had a down few years. But um, that's at the official level. One thing that I, that Jerry, I had to wrap my head around, I've been trying to wrap my head around for three or four days. Our, our friend David Teal, the, the another Hall of Fame sports writer, just like yourself, um, was at the, the the meetings, and he talked with Whip Bad uh, Whip Babcock, the uh, athletics director at Virginia Tech. He also talked with Carla Williams, who uh, kind of brushed him off, saying Whit speaks for me too. So now, since she said that, let's just say that Whit is speaking for her and for Carla, uh, and for himself and for Carla. Um, Witt acknowledged that uh, Virginia Tech, and then uh, since Carla said he's you know speaking for her too. Uh, that that those schools have been engaged in small group discussions, larger group discussions about the grant of media rights. Um, and then also when David asked uh, Witt, uh, had Virginia Tech been involved in any discussions with other conferences, he said no comment. No comment. He didn't say, yes, we've talked with other conferences, but he didn't say, no, we haven't. And so that tells you that they've been talking with other conferences. Now, I'm speculating here, Jerry, but it seems to me that if Virginia Tech, for example, uh, looked at the grant of media rights, they had their lawyers pouring it over and, and going through it, um, they wouldn't have started talking to, let's say, the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12 um, unless somebody on their legal staff said, we can get out of this. So let's start talking about what our options might be. And if I'm the Big 12 or the Big Ten or the SEC, I'm not sending somebody to meet with Virginia Tech or Virginia or UNC or any of those other Magnificent Seven, wasting my time, wasting my resources, unless there's something that can happen there. So it's just a little cup, a puff or two of smoke, Jerry, but I'm sensing that there's at least that there that makes me think that there's more to this than what we heard from the ADs and Commissioner Phillips on Wednesday. Well, they're clearly not telling us everything, uh, and and that's purpose 
purposeful. I'm sure they're they're they're, they're they've <laughs> they've hidden things rather well, and uh, we know how tight lipped ads can be. Um. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't doubt at all that they've been talking to at least the Big Ten and in the SEC and in some form, um, or had one of their one of the groups that they're working with talk to uh, those conferences. So they've hired an outside group, right, to to look at some various things. Uh, I can't remember; it was a weird name. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um so yeah I, I think i think they they're definitely looking at uh, all their options and we don't know what those all their options are or how handcuffed they are but um it, it, espn you makes you wonder what espn is thinking because um just listening to a couple of shows driving back from Atlanta yesterday, I heard uh, I heard some people say, "Well, uh, nothing can happen unless the conference, the ACC, expands." Well, uh, somebody brought up the proposition. Well, if Notre Dame joins the league, then that opens up the the uh, grant of rights contract with ESPN. They could renegotiate that. Which I guess would open a Pandora's box. Not only <laughs> could the ACC expand and renegotiate its contract with ESPN or others like Apple or uh, Peacock or some of the other streaming services, but uh, I guess it also opens the door for teams to the jump and go to another league. So uh, it seems like a kind of scary future out there to me for for what could happen we i guess we i guess someday we could like you said we could wake up and the acc is no more which would be um a shock to my system having grown up uh with not knowing nothing but the acc uh in terms of my personal life but um and countless millions of other people who are in the same boat but uh yeah, there's. It's. I. It makes you really wonder what what in the world's going on, and what is the end game? What What do all these people see? Twenty years from now, or fifteen or ten years from now, what What do they see? What do they want? Do they Do they just want one mega conference or two mega conferences, and divide it up like the NFL, to where there's subdivisions and playoffs and endless playoffs? It seems like. Uh, to me as a sports fan, that just doesn't seem like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> it just, I don't know, it loses its appeal to me. You know, I, I think at the individual level, if you're, let, let's talk about, since we cover Virginia primarily, um, uh, Carla Williams, the athletics director, Jim Ryan, the president of UVA, and of course the UVA Board of Visitors looking at this, you're looking more at UVA's ability to compete. And, you know, and, and as far as the, the revenues go, currently the ACC uh, pays out um, roughly $37 million a year to its member schools from its TV deal. Um, the SEC and, and Big Ten are in the $55 million range on their now expiring deals. 
by 2028, 2029, which is only what's uh, five years away, I guess, five and a half years away, um, the discrepancy is expected to be more like $50 million a year between the TV payouts, TV rights deals payouts from the two big conferences now and then the ACC schools. So if you're if you're Carla Williams, Jim Ryan, the UVA Board of Visitors, you're looking at that and saying $50 million difference between what we get paid and what Vanderbilt gets paid, between what we get paid and Rutgers gets paid, much less Kentucky or Alabama or Michigan State or Michigan, any of those, you know, the Ohio State, the bigger schools. Um, and so, you know, what does that mean in terms of our ability to continue to compete at a high level? And of course, at the, at the end of the day, college sports, I mean, it's about competing and, and, and competing at the highest level you can, but then also um, having your, your alumni, your fans continue to be interested in, uh, you know, if the ACC is a distant third, right now we're, we're within hailing distance third. If we're a distant third to those big two, you know, that's, that's hard. It's, it, it makes it tough for Tony Bennett, for example. Can he fill all of his assistant coach positions? Does he have the same travel budget, recruiting budget? Same for Tony Elliott, same for Brian O'Connor, et cetera, the swim coach, everybody. And so um, if you're Jim Ryan, if you're Carla Williams, you're, you're doing what you can do to look out for the best for your school uh, and for your brand. And uh, you multiply that then by those other six of the Magnificent Seven. They're all doing the same thing. And uh, that's what Mike Alford is actually right. I criticized him for overstating the value of Florida State's brand right now, but he's making a great point when it's 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 tough for Florida State to compete when they play Florida every year in football and Florida's getting $20 million a year more now. And they'll be getting $50 million a year more in five years just from their TV deal. Um, if if there's at all a possibility you can join and make the same amount of money and, and compete on an even playing field, you owe it to yourself to at least look for those opportunities. I also heard, I think it was West Durham, I heard yesterday on an Atlanta station. Uh, say, well, you know, Florida State hasn't exactly helped itself when he said uh, when you're paying former football coaches $19 million in payoffs that you owe them, uh, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a little bit of a problem, too. Um, but, yeah, I, gosh, I, I don't know. It, it's – it's. Uh, I know you got to have – the money to compete and stay competitive, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens coming out of these meetings in terms of if they do go away from the equal revenue sharing and uh, and cut some of the, cut out some of these other schools that don't make as much money. And uh, the one thing that puzzled me is that. And I, maybe there was nothing to it, but somebody said uh, the Magnificent Seven or Eight, whatever it is, was thinking about creating their own conference. I mean, creating it. Wow. <laughs> How? I mean, uh, I could see it. No, I mean, it, so let's 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 just speculate here. Unless uh, you unless you add other teams, I mean, and are you going to add other teams that are better than the ones you're booting out? I don't well, know. I mean, what I threw together for a column on Augusta Free Press, usually we're just I, I usually I'm just pitching Jerry's columns, but I actually wrote something today that may be of interest. It's all speculative, of course. Um, the only way any of this would make any sense is if ESPN were to convince the eight, this magnificent seven plus one, which is Louisville, to just jump in mass, basically vote to dissolve the ACC 
with ESPN's blessing and then join the SEC, but not really join an SEC that would then be a 24-team unwieldy, everybody's playing everybody conference. Then the SEC would have to be three eight-team subconferences. So it's pretty much just going to be the old the old big eight would be, you know, you put like Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, throw LSU and uh, Arkansas and some others in there. Then have the core old SEC, you know, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, throw Miami and Florida State in there, throw Clemson in there with South Carolina, and then create a sort of a new ACC with what would it be? Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, uh, Carolina, Carolina State, uh, and Virginia and uh, Virginia Tech. There's, I had them all, I had it broken down to three eight team conferences. That's effectively sort of a mix of the old Big Eight. Southwest Conference from way back in the day, um, mm-hmm. then you're really, you know, your core SEC down in the deep south, and then sort of just a brand new ACC that would, you know, get those old Big East teams out, those old Big East schools out and replace the Big East schools with Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, Vanderbilt's got to go somewhere, so we'll bring them along uh, and uh, and then throw the two Carolina schools, the two Carolina, you know, in-state schools and then the two Virginia in-state schools. Actually, Jerry, I mean, if you know, that's not going to happen because it just makes too much sense if it were to go this way. I mean, if you know, if if things are going to change, that would be the change that would preserve for us as close to a feeling like the in ACC as we could possibly get. And then you'd get an SEC, you'd get an old big eight in, in Southwest. So it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, ESPN's not going to give there's all the speculation this week, Jerry has had like UVA and UNC thinking about going to the Big Ten. Why would ESPN let UVA and UNC go to the Big Ten, which is a Fox broadcast property? There's no way they'd let that happen. If they're going to do anything, they're going to move the ACC schools that they own the media rights to to another conference where they own the media rights to, and the only one they own all the media rights to is the SEC. So if anything happens, that's the only thing that can happen as far as I'm concerned. You would you would think so from a business standpoint. Uh, yeah, no question about it. It would it would be like the old Southern Conference, Chris, from the forties <laughs> when they had like thirty teams and and <laughs> which eventually became the ACC and the SEC and and somebody else. But uh, I mean, good gosh, uh, history repeating itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a great point. I, I remember uh, reading about that once. The old Southern Conference had all those from from you know from the Mid Atlantic down to the I, I guess Louisiana and everything in between. And pretty much, we would just be doing what we did eighty years ago. <laughs> the the old guys all be on TV now. Yeah, the old guys had it right. So it's all speculation at this point. But I will point out, I, I've observed this to a couple of people that I've been talking with about this. This time last year, May 19th of 2022, and I'd even go back two years to May 19th of 2021. Um, that year, we had no idea Texas and Oklahoma were talking to the uh, SEC. And last year, we had no idea that USC and UCLA had been talking to the Big Ten. And so we do have ideas that seven at least ACC schools have been talking to somebody. Um, there's smoke. That's all it is. It's just smoke. Um, we don't know if it's fire there yet. Yeah, I'll never forget walking into the ACC meetings two years ago uh, and uh, a guy who I didn't know, he was talking to uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, from Grandfather Mountain um, uh, who uh, Jim Ryan had 
brought with him from the Big Ten to run ACC's finances. And uh, they were in the lobby at, at the, uh, I think we were, uh, were, I guess we were still in Charlotte or, we're, yeah. Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, he's the one that broke the news to me. He said, uh, hey, I just heard on the radio coming in that Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. And, I mean, that floored all of us. And uh, and then, like you said, last, last year, uh, we were all floored even more when it was, I think, even a bigger jump with Southern Cal and UCLA uh, going to the Big Ten, which seemed impossible, uh, really, if you stop and think about it. But it's reality. And so I guess if that can happen, anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, and so I guess what we're saying there, Jerry, is the timing is probably around the ACC kickoffs. <laughs> if anything's going to happen. <laughs> it seems that way. We're going to be on our drive down uh, 85 between Greensboro and Charlotte, and we're going to get some word about something or or nothing. But uh, the timing is probably around uh, mid-July there as far as that goes. So <laughs> um, well, We'll have to be on the lookout this year when we're driving down to Charlotte. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, keep the sports radio on, keep the phones uh, buzzing, and, and uh, keep communications back and forth too between uh, me and Scott German, you and your son, Scott Ratcliffe. Uh, we'll... Okay. We'll keep each other informed. Um. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I am so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia defensive end, graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA. Excited to be back coaching um, my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. So uh, let's switch gears. Uh, this week, uh, one a couple bits of news. I, we'll talk the recruiting in a second. I wanted to just, though, Jerry, bring in, this week was the NBA Draft Combine. Um, it ended yesterday, so a three-day event uh, in Chicago. Reese Beekman looks like he, he uh, availed himself pretty well. He had 15 points. They, they played two scrimmages in addition to the drills that were done, the, the Q&As with the individual players, things like measurements. You know, Reese, we found out, is actually 6'1 and a half, not 6'3". Um, uh, they did, you know, their, their runs and their leaps and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, on Wednesday, Reese had eight points and five assists in his game. Uh, didn't shoot the ball too well, but yesterday actually shot pretty well. Six of 11 from the field, uh, 15 points, four assists, uh, a couple of steals. And, um, from, from my review of what the, uh, the basketball writers who were covering the event had to say, there were lots of positive comments about Reese, uh, as far as how he looked. Still no sense of whether or not he'll improve his stock enough to get drafted. It's, you know, we've, we've seen him anywhere from late second round to undrafted. But, um, you know, the early returns look pretty good for Reese. Yeah. Um, all of, the only mock drafts I've seen were the ones that came out prior to to that, those scrimmages. And he wasn't in the top uh, 60 in one of them. I think somebody said he was in the top 48 in one that they saw. but. I don't know who where that came from, but um, yeah, I mean, if if he could play like that, uh, 
15 points and, and eight assists. I mean, that's what else would you want from a, a guy who has everything else that you need in a player? So perhaps he has played his way into the conversation and perhaps he won't be back. And um, uh, that would be tough for Virginia, but good for Reese Bigman because he'd be making some money. <laughs> Now, he did tell one reporter, a 24-7 uh, sports reporter who was uh, covering for the national website there um, in a one-on-one -on -one interview that, uh, well, he's he's got a couple of um, post-combine uh, individual um, workouts scheduled, so I guess that's early next week, and he'll make a decision on that. He's got until May 31st to decide whether or not to stay in the draft. Um, also, though, the reporter asked him about um, UVA's uh, roster uh, additions after the season. And Reese said, yeah, we lost seven or eight guys, but, uh, you know, it looks like we got a really good roster back. So if I came back, I'd be coming back to a good situation. So it seems like even just from there, he's torn. You know, he knows he has a couple of draft, uh, post-draft uh, combine uh, uh, workout set up, but, you know, he can fall back and, 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 and be a part of something good at Virginia too. So um, a lot of us will be waiting – uh, on pins and needles to see what he does. And certainly rooting for him if he goes to the draft, rooting for him to do well there. If he comes back, we'll welcome him back with uh, with with wide open arms. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, uh, what a great addition that would be if he decides to come back. I mean, that, <clears throat> that could be a pretty good basketball team with him at point guard. So, um we wish him well, whatever his decision is. and. But, uh, wow, it would be fun to watch him play one more year because I, I think we haven't seen the best of Reese Pigman yet. And I, I, I just think it would be fun to watch. But uh, whatever the best is for Reese and his future, uh, I hope he makes the right decision. If he does come back, I want to see that guy who's, who's, who played, especially yesterday, the draft combine. He had some big numbers there. So I want to see more of that Reese next year if we can. Uh, Absolutely. Man, <laughs> can you imagine 15 – points uh, out of him on a semi-regular basis <laughs> oh man that would you know, with the roster they've got coming in yeah <laughs> that'd be a that'd, that'd be a, a welcome boost for virginia basketball fans no doubt hey let's talk some more basketball news on the recruiting trail um tony bennett and his staff now that it seems that um well i, I was getting ready to say now that it seems 2023 is done I'm not sure that's the case you had the story last week when jaron stevenson who might reclassify to 2023 but um, he's there are there they do have their minds and their eyes focused on some 2024 guys and uh, Tony offered a, a California guy uh, in the 2024 class this week yeah Stevenson's supposed to visit North Carolina this week I haven't read whether he actually followed through with that and I, I assume that he has or will um but um I did. I did see a report Alabama out of an Alabama site that used some of my story about Stevenson and talking about how that would all the things his dad said re really worked in Nate Oates' favor rather than Tony Bennett. I'm not sure. I totally agree with that. But uh, uh, anyways, um, we'll see where that goes. If he does visit Carolina this week. Uh, he's got a decision to make next week, I would think, because that would only leave him two weeks to get to somebody's summer workouts and enroll in school. Yeah. Uh, so that that's a pressure-packed situation for the Stevenson family. Uh, but you're right. Uh, 
uh, Virginia hasn't slept on uh, recruiting. They've offered um, 11, 12, 13 kids already out of the class of 2024. The latest is Trent Perry, uh, which would be the second Perry in that class that they have offered. I don't think these guys are related at all. Uh, Perry's a 6'4", 175-pound guard, point guard from Harvard-Westlake High School in Studio City, L.A., uh, four-star composite player by 247, uh, currently ranked number 69 nationally and the fourth best player in the state of California. It's pretty good. Um, he announced it yesterday on his Twitter account. And uh, it's interesting. He, uh, all, uh, they've offered, uh, I think, four point guards out of that class, uh, including the Bliss kid that we mentioned last week. Um, he seems to be the most complete player out of all those four. Uh, he has offers from naturally from UCLA and Southern Cal. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to be in the Big Ten, <laughs> play <laughs> yeah. in the Big Ten, and and travel to uh, Rutgers in Maryland, but. Uh, also, uh, Stanford, Cal, Colorado, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Vanderbilt, Virginia, and others. Um, he has officially visited Colorado. I, I don't. I just don't understand why anybody of that caliber would want to go to Colorado to play basketball, or even to Vanderbilt for that matter. But uh, and he visited uh, Southern Cal just a few days ago. Uh, he's been to a. UCLA Oregon game on an unofficial visit. So uh he's uh he's looks like he's starting to narrow his list a little bit. Um he's uh you know he's another one of those California LA point guards like London Parantes and Kia Clark. He's a little bigger and a better shooter, apparently. Uh, he's a good ball handler. Um has a lot of on-ball toughness, which uh, those both of those guys boasted. And uh, he flat out uh, told on3.com that I'm an all-around player, a two-way player. I play both ends of the floor, whatever it takes. I'll defend the other team's best player, rebound, facilitate, and really can do it all. I've stayed in the gym working on all aspects, and that has really helped me perform I watch a lot of Russell Westbrook. He gets triple doubles and has an impact on all parts of the game. I try to do the same. Um, he was MVP of his league uh, this past season. Uh, and in the state championship game uh, in March, he finished almost with a triple double like Westbrook with 16, 10, and eight rebounds. And he didn't miss a single shot in the semifinal game. Um, so he's, uh, he looks like a complete player, Chris. And uh, uh, all these point guards that Virginia has offered, all of them are, uh, seem like I think they're top 100 players. Um, the other one is Travis Perry uh, from Kentucky. Uh, no relation again. Uh, Daniel Freetag from Minnesota and Bliss uh, from Pennsylvania, really out of Brooklyn. So um, those are four big-time guards. I don't know that Virginia could go wrong with any of them. 
And I'll, I'll uh, put uh, put a sales pitch in here. One great thing that your uh, son, Scott, does updates on the site, and this is on the story about Trent Perry and the offer there. Um, he has the, a graphic with the recruiting targets, and it's updated. Uh, and, and it's a job for, for him to keep up with, I guess. But uh, a nice chart there with, uh, of course, the name of uh, high school. I mean, all their their star ratings, some notes about the guys. Um, it's a really, really handy resource uh, that that uh, JerryRatcliffe.com provides uh, for readers out there. You can you can pull it up on the desktop, pull it up on your your mobile phone, and get the latest on where um, the 2024 class is. That's that's a really neat feature you guys have. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, totally his idea, and he's been doing that for a while, and he he does a great job keeping up with that. No question. Uh, let's talk one more bit of recruiting news and we'll head over to the uh, the football side of things. And uh, this more from the transfer portal, but Virginia picking up, uh, identifying and uh, 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 meeting a identified need uh, at defensive back, Tony Elliott getting a pickup from uh, SMU. Yeah, uh, Sam Westfall, 5'10", 188-pound cornerback. Um Originally out of St. George, Utah. Uh, played in 13 games for the Mustangs last season. Started 11 games. Um, played in seven games as a junior. Six as a sophomore. Uh, one as a freshman. He's a guy that's going to come here, Chris, with a lot of, a lot of years under his saddle. He, uh, he played in 2018 as a at Mesa, Mesa Community College, I guess, out in Arizona, played in eight games, redshirted in 2019, um, and then um, played in 2021-22. So uh, this will be, his, I guess, his sixth year in college. Um, so he, he's got some experience under his belt, and uh, – he picked Virginia over Iowa State, excuse me, over Utah State, Coastal Carolina, and Old Dominion. And um, he's the third uh, defensive back Elliott has gotten through the portal, along with uh, the kid from Clemson, Malcolm Green, whose younger brother, uh, I guess Mike, is going to be uh, coming in as a true freshman. Both of them out of that uh, highly respected Highland Springs program around Richmond, which uh, produces players every year. Good to have your foot in the door there. And uh, another kid, uh, Tavon Kyle out of Iowa State. Uh, so they've uh, they've shored up their secondary a little bit, which they really needed to do after losing some really good players. And uh, – so uh, that actually brings Virginia up to the 85 scholarship limit. Uh, so I don't think we're going to see any more additions uh, to the present team unless uh, somebody decides to bolt, um, <laughs> which is st still a possibility because Cam Kelly did. What is it with these Carolina guys? Cam Kelly came here from Carolina, had a cup of coffee, and then bolted in his Went back to the transfer portal. I don't know where he ended up. And then uh, the Caleb Love. <laughs> oh, yeah, Caleb Love. <laughs> uh, jumped uh, from Carolina into the portal and uh, signed with, uh, who was it, Michigan? Michigan, yeah. 
And now he's back in the portal again. So, um, you know, the story there got me by surprise too. Uh, it was because Michigan wouldn't accept uh, credits for from North Carolina, and so he wasn't academic. He was, wasn't going to be academically eligible. Um, I, I my thinking was my thinking is that isn't Carolina like a, a pretty good academic school for Michigan not to be accepting credits? Well, they're touted to be on the same level as Virginia. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the case or not, but that, that's what. Uh, they say, yeah, that's that's so he didn't necessarily bolt. He was kind of forced out. That's wow. I mean, that and of course for Juwan Howard, the coach up there, that's I mean, he's he's losing three or four guys in the NBA draft. He lost Hunter Dickinson to uh, Kansas, as it turns out now, and now he can't. He, the one guy he picks up off the portal, admission says you can't get him. <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre, and uh, uh, does kind of leave Michigan in a lurch. No question about it. Yeah, uh, too bad for us, I guess, right, that the uh, ACC Big Ten challenges no more. <laughs> One of the ACC schools would have a probably a nice night with uh, Michigan coming to town. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, that's that's bizarre news. I guess uh, Caleb Love will have to grace somewhere else and and take his uh, 20 shots per game <laughs> to, to some other program. <laughs> um, I've got to give a shout-out, I guess, to the men's tennis program. They uh... – they were uh, got off to a rocky start and lost the doubles point yesterday to Kentucky, and the match was uh, forced to be delayed by rain until this morning. And Virginia came back and and won, beat Kentucky four to two uh, to advance to the semifinals. So that that was a, a big boost for Virginia men's tennis. Uh, obviously, one of the premier programs in the country. I'm uh, I've, I've got news on Cameron Kelly. Uh, let's see here. So he's now going to Louisville. Louisville, okay. He's continuing his tour of the ACC. I'd forgotten this <laughs> part, but the little story I just picked up here. Um, he originally committed to Virginia Tech um, when his position coach, who'd recruited him, uh, changed jobs. He reopened his recruitment, so he never actually went to Virginia Tech. That's when he ended up in Carolina. So Virginia Tech to Carolina. He spent spring practice with Virginia. Now he's going to Louisville. Um, he's he's uh, about a fourth of the way there as far as being part of all the ACC schools. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, he's got a nice collection of uh, gear. <laughs> <laughs> he might get a job in the ACC office if there is one in a few years because uh, he'll he'll be able to speak with experience about a wide range of schools there as far as that goes. Yeah, that's uh, – If nothing else, you'll have a nice yard sale. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, go to Cam Kelly's house, and you'll get yourself some really low-priced, uh, some good values on the uh, his uh, ACC gear there. So, hey, <laughs> anything else, Jerry, comes to mind as we're uh, maybe getting ready to wrap up? I think we're good. Uh, baseball team, obviously, uh, trying to pull out a sweep at Georgia Tech so they could win the uh, ACC Coastal. I think they have to sweep. I think they have to sweep Georgia Tech to win it. I'm I did not- the I did the math on that last night when when um let's see Duke lost to Miami. Right. Is that right? So now um Clemson beat Carolina, I think. Yeah. So I my my math on it was if Virginia uh splits the last two games, they should at least tie, which they would if they tie with Miami, um uh, my they they Virginia won the season the the, uh, the series with Miami this year, so they would get the, the advantage there. If, if Duke beat Virginia head to head, so if Duke ties, but I think Duke Duke missed a game, 
So uh, Duke would have to hope for Virginia to lose both their next two games. Duke win their next two games. I think Virginia, to maybe make it really simple, I think Virginia is in good place. If if they win tonight, uh, they should go into tomorrow knowing what their fate is. Yeah, and, and it looks like there's a possibility now that they may host for the first time in, what, five years or something? Right, at 42-11 and 11 right now, I would think that uh, at least split this series. So, you know, split the last two games of this series, which would give Virginia a series win. At least hold serve next week at the ACC baseball championships. At least win a game. You know, if you don't get to the knockout, at least win a game. Um, if that would be at worst, what, 40, that'd be 44 and 13. If you're 44 and 13, their RPI should get them at least a nine through 16 seed. They could still be playing for a top eight, which would give them possible home field all the way through the super regionals. That might be a stretch, but if they can, you know, continue their hot streak, Virginia's won seven straight. If they continue that hot streak, they might still be playing for, for a chance to host a super regional. Yeah, that would be sweet to have, uh, have them back in Disroon Park again. Yeah. To, uh, it's been a long time for Wahoo fans to see a postseason like that. So I love, uh, yeah, I love June baseball in, in, in the park there. It's a, it's a great place to watch baseball. It really is. It's a lot of fun. Um, I kind of miss that. We got spoiled, I guess. They hosted so many times over a stretch of, of uh, time that uh, it, it almost became ex- an expectation. It was a rite of spring passage. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's, it really it was. was. another super regional coming to Charlottesville. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I hope they do. Uh, that would be fun. Uh, hey, Men's lacrosse is Men's uh, lacrosse playing this weekend. I think it's Georgetown. Yep, uh, and they're playing up at Albany. I think it is. Yeah, up in New York, upstate yeah. New York. Yeah. So uh, everything's going pretty well for the, uh, and then the men's uh, men's and women's golf are tearing it up too. So uh, Ben James was co-medalist of the uh, Las Vegas Regional, which was. Pretty sweet. That guy has like five wins as a freshman, which is unheard of. Um, heck, he might be turning pro. I was going to say, we might not have him very long. Better <laughs> <laughs> enjoy him while you can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Easy to turn pro in that sport. That's right. So as uh, as we're wrapping up now, Jerry, let's thank the sponsors for helping make all this possible. Yeah, let's thank Ro- Roback, uh, local Sportswear company, activewear, a great line. Go on our website, check out their ads, and get a discount. Uh, uh, it's a locally based company. If you, I mean, you see their merchandise everywhere. If you're on the internet, uh, call up anything, and it's splashing uh, at you. So, uh, it's I can attest, it's very comfortable, colorful, uh, sturdy. Um, sportswear uh, and and uh you ought to check it out and uh aberdeen barn virginia's finest steakhouse terrific food terrific service great atmosphere uh we really want to thank angela and terry for their support all these years it goes all the way back to my radio show with wina and then they when we switched to podcast they followed us to the podcast and we really appreciate their support and uh, you owe it your, to yourself to go over there and get a nice juicy steak. So uh, go by and tell them that Chris and Hootie said uh, sent you. And um, 
Also, uh, the Good Feet store over at Stonefield was just uh, by there the other day. Uh, Jonathan, I, in fact, uh, it was fun driving down to uh, Atlanta Wednesday and coming back yesterday. Uh, everywhere, I, every station I picked up in the state of North Carolina seemed to have a Good Feet store ad on it with Jonathan Cotton's voice. I mean, that guy, <laughs> talk about a guy that has a natural radio voice. Jonathan Cotton, uh, should be doing some podcasts, man. Well, I think he does do some, but he, he is a, a natural uh, radio voice. It's unbelievable. And uh, uh, he's such a strong supporter of UVA athletics and uh, through the NIL and uh, just a good guy in general, loves to help the community. And it's from Crozet. Uh, so even though his company's based in Richmond and it's all over the mid-Atlantic now, He's a Charlottesville guy. He's a UVA guy, and we appreciate him and everything he does to support us. So go by their store in Stonefield and uh, give your feet a break. Um, they have specially designed arches for to help your feet feel like they're walking on a cloud. We're talking about the Aberdeen Barns getting me hungry now. It's dinner time as we're wrapping up our show here. I'm, so. I'm getting hungry too. I might be <laughs> heading over there in a minute. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of those commercials that worked on the people reading it there. Um, but uh, thanks, thank, uh, thanks of course to Jerry. Uh, thanks to the listeners out there. Go to jerryratcliffe.com, augustafreepress.com for the latest news and, of course, UVA sports news. For Jerry, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great week.